Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Australia has won the Bledisloe Cup for only the fifth time in its history. The Wallabies, only the fourth touring side to win a series on New Zealand soil. And the 86 Wallabies also, the first Australian team to win a three-test series here. Ah, the dulcet tones of Gordon Bray and the Advance Australia Fair in the background. Those were the days. That was 1986, the last time the Wallabies won at Eden Park in Auckland. Uh, joined now by Wallaby great 80 times in the Wallaby jerseys, Tim Horan, who was synonymous with uh, successful Wallaby teams during his era. Wonderful combination, of course, with Jason Little in the midfield. Uh, now calling the game for Stan Sport and Channel 9 in Australia. Uh, good morning to you, Tim. Thanks uh, so much for coming in on the show. Uh, and yes, the Wallabies are in Auckland, and who would have thought that uh, a few weeks ago? Yeah, thanks, Lenny. Great to be on the show, and uh, hello to everyone listening in this morning. It's, um, yeah, be an interesting match, won't it, uh, this weekend. And Wallabies, yeah, we keep looking back to how long we've, since we've won at Eden Park, and how long since we've got our hands on the Bledisloe Cup and had a drink out of it, so... Um, sort of coming to desperate times for the Wallabies, but I think, you know, I'm not sure whether this is the year, but they're getting a little bit closer, I think, the Wallabies in the, the way they played the French series. So uh, another year with uh, Dave Rennie in charge, of course, uh, Dave Rennie, huge, huge rap in New Zealand on his ability to coach uh, very good rugby sides and, and bring them to their best. Uh, so Nick White has been talking up a bit of a storm. He, he has uh, not been able to play because he's been injured, but there is a possibility uh, that he might make an appearance uh, coming up in the Splitterslow Cup going forward. Um, <coughs> he's talked up a storm saying this is a good side, this, this side can do it. Uh, does it give you confidence with what you saw against France over that triple header? Yeah, it does, Smitty. It's um, probably a few things that gave me confidence was the leadership from Michael Hooper is always strong and he showed that again, uh, what a player that he has been. But also gave me a bit more confidence about the depth that the Wallabies do have now, especially in the back row, um, whether it's you know like a Lockie Swinton or it's a Harry Wilson or they've got plenty of options. They've got plenty of probably bigger bodies that we haven't had for a few years now with a bit more experience. And when you look at the back line, um, when you look at Noel Olesiu, what he's done, he's still got a bit to go yet as a fly half. He's only played six or seven test matches. So I, I just think that the way that the Wallabies are playing at the moment, there's probably not a lot of fear when, you, when you're younger and you're coming into a test team, whether it's like Tate McDermott, if he gets a start, or Nick White gets a start. I think these younger players that are coming in, Smitty, probably don't have a lot of fear and probably don't understand 
um, probably what the test match level is like. But I think that they are getting more experienced to understand that super rugby is totally different to how you play test match footy. One of the things that I found encouraging, and I guess you did, Tim, as well, is the fact that they had to go 80 minutes on three occasions in that test series against France. Uh, and in the end, they managed to, to triumph after, well, it was almost after the final whistle. So going 80 minutes is imperative against the All Blacks. So there were good signs there. Yeah, great signs, Smitty. And I think the way that you mentioned Dave Rennie before, and had a little bit to do with Dave during the last 18 months and a couple of interviews and going to watch um, the Wallabies train and what they do away from the training paddock as well with a, you know, gets in and has singing sessions with them. He gets on the guitar and he just does these little things to bring the side together uh, and cherish what while you're playing, you know, in the gold jersey and why. And, and then it, that translates to on the field. They're playing for each other and, as you mentioned, playing for more than 80 minutes sometimes in those matches against France and I think the crowd that was at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane on that third test match where you really had to dig deep against France to win that match. There was, you know, close to 40,000 people there. And they really lifted um, the crowd and for the, for the Wallaby players. I think that's, that was really important to the crowd starting to identify again with the Wallabies and who's playing for the Wallabies. Tanya Tupo, uh, Michael Hooper, Tate McDermott, those type of players. Whereas previous years, a while ago, you, you didn't... If you are someone outside of a normal Wallaby supporter, they couldn't name one or two players in the Wallaby team. Now they can probably name, you know, six or seven. Tim Horan is with us here on SENZ, and we're really uh, grateful that uh, he's managed to find some time to just uh, do that and to look at the, the forthcoming uh, test matches, uh, and we hope there are test matches, plural, uh, between New Zealand uh, and the Wallabies, of course. Uh, Tim, would have, I guess, uh, had a, a candid sort of a look at New Zealand against Tonga, which was a bit of a non-event, 100 points there to uh, none from Tonga. But the tests against Fiji were highly, highly competitive. They, they brought it. They really did bring it to both those matches. Uh, what did you make of the All Blacks uh, going forward? Well, I really like their forward pack and, and how they um, probably withstood you know, the, the barrage from Fiji, especially in that first half of both test matches, I think that um, you know the way that they really came at the, the All Blacks, they um, obviously are you know, a big side, Fiji, and they're getting a lot more skillful in the forward department. We all know how good they are within the backs and how great they are in seven aside and and that sort of area. But I think in the forward pack, they've, they've really come a long way. So uh, I was just impressed with the way that the the All Blacks withstood that, and also in their backs, how they were patient. They you know didn't. Um, you, you can't really fluster the All Blacks, and you know we've got great respect for the All Black players for many, many years, and this year, you know, certainly will as well. But um, it's very difficult to fluster um, the, the All Blacks and, and, and make them make a mistake. But I thought they withstood the Fijian team, but it'll be a different experience on Saturday. And I'm not sure what you're hearing, Smitty, but we're hearing that potentially it could be a second Test match next Saturday in Auckland as well. Yeah, I've read about that and uh, heard about that too, Tim. And I, I kind of think that it would be a real possibility. I'm going to ask you about the Lions and the Springboks very shortly because they're playing all their three test matches in Cape Town. So uh, we've seen it happen. And, of course, if you want to maximise the economic value of it, you've got to go to your biggest stadiums and Auckland's the biggest market. And I think that's, that's a, a real possibility, Tim. And uh, I think that's probably... It's not going to count in Australia's favour if you, you uh, really do consider the Hoodoo of Eden Park to be a thing. Uh, but certainly not to up up ship and and move to another part of New Zealand, I think would be beneficial in in that regard. So, uh, man, we, we just got to take what we get, don't we, in terms of sport at the moment? 
Well, I think so, Smee. I think um, you just got to do whatever you can to um, play these three test matches because financially for both uh, organisations, both Rugby Australia but also you know New Zealand Rugby as well, need financially to have people at the game but also make sure these three test matches go ahead. And um, I was sort of hearing you know, off the grapevine that potentially two test matches in a row in Auckland and then you'd have to allow that Australian government and New Zealand government would have to allow then another two weeks for the players to be in Perth. So the first test match might be towards the back end of August, I think about the 28th of August, potentially, to if we can get that third test match happening. So I think both both organisations understand how important it is financially, but also to, to have three test matches and players, in the end, understand and probably don't care where the games are played as long as they're played. Tim, uh, one of the question mark areas about the, the All Blacks at the moment is the centre pairing, actually, and it's an area, of course, that uh, you have greater expertise in. Uh, we're probably looking at maybe David Harvey and Anton Leonard Brown at the moment. Have you, have you had an, cast an eye over the, what, our combinations there? Yeah, I think that's your best combination. I think um, Anton Leonard Brown and um, David Harvey. I think I like the way they're staying to form a bit of a combination, but also the way that um, they're not shy when they're playing. They're not just distributing the ball out. They've got different options all the time. David Harvey, you know, the way that he's been playing has been sensational. His defence is outstanding and. I think as a centre pairing, you've got to have, one, the combination first, but two, you've got to be able to understand what the other player is doing and, and, and defence is utmost important as a centre straight away, and those two players have got it. And uh, Anton Leonard brown shown for a long period of time now um, how he is. And I think just at test match level, they're the two that I'd be selecting because you go to super rugby level, yes, you could. there's other players that may have um, better credentials with offloads and the way they play the game, but I think in test match level, Defence is first, and attack comes second. Tim, I just wonder about the makeup of the Australian side. Okay, it's Monday morning here; it won't be announced. I wouldn't think, or perhaps even uh, Thursday, uh, confirmation from Dave Rennie. But uh, when you look at the side that played against France across the board, he was pretty consistent in most areas there, Dave Rennie. What, what do you expect me he'll come up with at Eden Park on Saturday? It'll depend on whether if Nick White's fit or not. Um, yeah, but I think that you know, if I'm Dave Rennie, you know, I'll probably be putting Nick White on the bench if he's fit enough. But because Tate McDermott is a wonderful player and can spark something, uh, I think you've got to have have an edge um, somewhere in the team. And I think Tate McDermott's it at scrum half. I think he's probably deserved the right to to start against the All Blacks now. Also in the back line, just our centre combination as well. Smitty is you know when you look at Hunter Paisami. He'll, he'll be there somewhere, but just depends on who's going to partner him. Is it Matt Toanua, or do you try and put in Jordan Jordan Pattaya? Um He's coming back from from an injury with a thigh injury, so uh, he might come from the bench. But it just um, at the moment for us, we're just trying to find the right combination in that back line, and we need to at some stage, Smitty, as you know, probably two and a half years out from a rugby world cup, we've got a really young team, young back line, but we've got to be able to pick and stick. Um, Marika Corinbetti, what a player he is, but he's leaving us at the end of this season to go and play in Japan, so that's going to be a huge loss. Yeah, well, uh, both those uh, questions uh, will be answered in terms of the All Black makeup and uh, the Wallaby makeup later on in the week, and it'll be interesting to see also what Ian Foster comes up with. Uh, Tim, uh, really, before I let you go, mate, I'd really like your opinion on the, the Lions and the Springboks. It's been hard work, we knew it would be been brutal. If you were standing in the midfield as you did so often outside Dan Bigger, you might have been a tad frustrated. He only passed the ball three times in the game last weekend. What, what have you made of that series? 
Um, gee, I tell you what, uh, tough as a referee, isn't it? <laughs> Nick Berry in the first test mm. match and, and uh, you know, how, how that went. But I think that um, when you look at the, the matches, I, think, I, I just found that the Lions went into their shell and got a bit nervous in that second test match to, to run the ball. And Smithy, you're right, Dan Bigger hardly passed it and and the aerial confrontation that's that's occurred and Springboks are winning that. And, um I think the, the Lions will make some changes. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd pick Alan Farrell at 10 or, or 12. Um, I think you need to have Alan Farrell in the team. I don't know why they didn't pick him in the first two test matches. And uh, yes, Dan Big is a great player, but uh, I'd have Farrell somewhere in that team at 10 or 12. And there'll be a couple of changes in the forward pack, I think, for the Lions. But congratulations to the Springboks. They hit back. And as you mentioned, it's maybe three, three matches in Cape Town. And, uh, it's just a, such a shame that there's no crowds there. But uh, as I said before, with this Wallabies and the All Blacks, the players just want to play the game and, and try and get through this series. So um, a wonderful opportunity for both teams, but the Springboks have got some momentum. Tom Horan, thank you very much for your time. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.